is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. It's tough, um, but I'm proud to, to, to play with these guys. Um, God has blessed me with an ability to throw a football and, and has blessed me to play in, in the greatest um, city in Pittsburgh with the greatest fans and the greatest football team and players. And it has just been truly a, a blessing. And I'm so thankful to him for the, the opportunity that, that he's given me. Um, yeah, I mean, we shoot, we, we thought last week was going to be the end. You know, we didn't, we didn't know what was going to happen. And um, God blessed to play another football game. And um, it didn't end the way we wanted it to, but um, it's it's a blessing to be able to play this game. I mean, we, and I try and tell those guys, um, a lot that we, how lucky are we that we get to play football for a, for a living? Um, we need to, to count our blessings and understand how how lucky we are. Yeah, we're out there getting beat up and this that, and the other, but we get to to entertain millions of fans and and throw, catch, run, do do what we've all done as as kids. That's our job now. And it's just, um, we need to, when we say our prayers, thank God for that. Good morning, Steeler Nation. Welcome inside the locker room here on a snowy Monday in western Pennsylvania. Wesley Euler with you here solo in the locker room today. It's a little uh, Steelers Blitz in the locker room crossover on ESPN Pittsburgh and on SNR. You've got me and only me for the next two hours. You want to get involved with the show, you know where to get at me. 412-919-1316. 412-919-1316. Those are the digits to dial, but you got to be patient with me, okay? Little uh, little precursor here, preamble, I don't know, one of those two. Uh, it's just me. I'm the only one here. I take a tauntaun to get to work today. It's just me and the DVE morning show in here. Um, I'm riding solo. I'm also producing the show myself. I'm hosting. I'm producing. I'm a one-man band in here. So I won't be able to answer the phone, obviously, when we're in segment, all right? So... If you want to get on the phone lines, be patient with me, work with me, call in during breaks, and I'll get as many of you up on the board and on hold as I can, all right? 412-919-1316. You guys know the digits to dial if you want to join in on the conversation. If you want to make it easier as well, too, you can just tweet me. At Wesley Euler is where you find me on Twitter. I will uh, I will get to your reactions on Twitter as we roll along, and, and since I am in here solo today, that might you know be the easiest way to get involved, but I'll try and do my best with your phone calls as well. Ben Roethlisberger there to bring us in on this Monday morning uh, as the Steelers' season ends in Kansas City last night, 42-21, to the final at Arrowhead Stadium. You heard from Ben Roethlisberger there. We'll hear more from him. I'll, I'll play his full um, media availability here. Uh, we'll hear completely everything that number seven had to say after the game, but you heard you know, just a, a couple snippets there, and it certainly sounds like that was it uh, for the future Hall of Famer. Last night, Ben Roethlisberger, um, reflective, pensive in his postgame comments. You know what? In fact, what are we waiting for? Let's let's do it right now. We're going to get into all the specifics. We'll dissect the game. We're going to break it all down. But the big story, right, is that this is now the end uh, for number seven. It's funny how this all worked out. You know, there was just that outpouring of love and emotion Monday night football at Heinz Field against the Browns. You're able to win that game. And technically keep your season alive, right? And I think we all still thought, eh, it's going to be a tall task. 
hey, the Colts are going to beat the Jaguars. Come on. Let's go win in Baltimore and, and really end this thing on a high note. And all of a sudden you look up and you're in the playoffs and it did not go according to uh, to plan yesterday. It did not go how we all wanted, obviously. But I think before, again, like I said, we dissect all of that, react to all of that, get into all of that. Uh, it, 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 it feels like hearing from Ben Roethlisberger is uh, it's the right thing. To, what's going on with our – hold on, hold on. Is this working? Maybe? I don't, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to figure out all the new bells and whistles here. Um, but let's hear from Ben Roethlisberger. His post-game media availability. I got it right here. Here's what Ben Roethlisberger had to say, and, and take a listen for yourself. But again, sounds to me like a guy that that really was it. Very reflective. Very pensive. He even talks about you know guys like Cam Hayward and the other veterans on the team talking with them about what this means for the next era of Steelers football. Uh, here's what Ben Roethlisberger had to say in the moments following. What we all think is is more than likely his final game as a Steeler and his final game after 18 years in the National Football League. Here's what Ben had to say, maybe for one last time. Ben, has it hit you yet? Uh, it hit me that we lost, and it uh, it stinks. But when you get to the tournament, only one team's going to end the season the way they want to, and we didn't. How emotional is this for you right now? I'm going through this game and the way it ended and walking off the field. Yeah, it's tough, um, but I'm proud to, to, to play with these guys. Um, God has blessed me with an ability to throw a football and, and has blessed me to play in, in the greatest um, city in Pittsburgh with the greatest fans and the greatest football team and players, and it has just been truly a, a blessing, and I'm so thankful to him for the, the opportunity that, that he's given me. Can you share what Mahomes said to you and what you said to Mahomes after the game? Uh, you know, I, I just wished him nothing but the best. Um, such a good football player, and it's fun to watch him. And, um, you know, just just a lot of respect there, I think, between us. How about what he said to you? Um, you know, he just respect a lot of respect and, and said he's got to get a jersey, and I told him I need one. And do you feel that this offense made progress over the course of the season, collectively and individually? How? I'm, you know, it's it's hard to answer that right now. I, I'm I will say that I'm really proud of the way guys fought. Um, we had guys, whether it's linemen or backs or receivers, tight ends. I mean, guys stepped up and and literally fought to the end. Um, tonight, uh, you know, guys just just never quit and literally to the last second, even when it's. You know, it's out of the out of grasp. Guys don't quit, and we're line changing receivers, and we're just fighting. And linemen are fighting their butts off, and so I'm just so proud to to call these guys brothers and to play for them. Demo, there's some disconnects there, maybe more so than before, especially early in the game. It seemed like a couple times you audibled or or changed a play and threw the ball deep or threw it out, and the guys kind of stopped or, or. Well, we you know I don't think any of us played well early. You know, I think we we all. Um, for whatever reason, you know, and, and so we didn't make the plays we had to early um, to, to give ourselves a chance. And by doing that, we didn't keep our defense off the field. And we put them in tough situations to go against such a high-powered offense when, when we don't, you know, do our job and stay on the field and convert third downs and stuff. That's, that's tough. And you guys dealt with a lot of adversity this season. How do you sum up what this team is able to accomplish this year? You know, just a bunch of guys that fought for each other um, that – Fought their butts off and um, you know just competed. It wasn't wasn't always pretty, but there were a lot of games that we found a way. And and like I said, just like tonight, fought to the end. 
And I'll just uh, just say that I'm so proud of, of this group of men and the way they fight and um, for each other, for, for the black and gold, for our fans. And, and so um, it's just been an honor to, to play with them. And what impact do you think you had on this franchise? I, I don't know. It's been a long time. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. Like I said, God has blessed me. Um, you know, we, we joke a lot. You know about the Browns and, and going there, but it was it was meant to be that I was going to wear black and gold. Um, draft day, I had a black suit on with a gold tie. I mean, um, I, I'm just I'm just so thankful. I, I hope that that I'm able to pass the legacy of what it is to be a Steeler um, from I'm a Dan Rooney, you know. And so we we all miss him. Anyone that knew him misses him. And so it's just um, hopefully I could pass some of that on to some of the guys and they can continue the, the tradition of what it means to be a Steeler and get passed down. Was that important to you this year? Did you try to do that more to pass that legacy to Kevin Howard? Yeah, I mean, not just this year, but but whenever you get a bunch of new guys, once you start to lose some of the the, the old regime, if you will, you got to find ways to pass it down. And we've got some guys in there that will continue to do that. You know, I gave Cam a big hug and, and told him it's on him now. It's his, it's his job to pass it down and to to keep teaching and, um, and and holding guys to the to the Pittsburgh standard. Is this, is this harder than you thought it would be? Playing his last game. Um, yeah, I mean, we shoot. We we thought last week was going to be the end. You know, we didn't we didn't know what was going to happen, and um, got blessed to play another football game. And um, it didn't end the way we wanted it to, but um, it, it's it's a blessing to be able to play this game. I mean, we and, and I try and tell those guys. Um, a lot that we, how lucky are we that we get to play football for a, for a living? Um, we need to, to count our blessings and understand how how lucky we are. Yeah, we're out there getting beat up and this that, and the other, but we get to to entertain millions of fans and and throw, catch, run, do do what we've all done as as kids. That's our job now, and it's just um, we need to when we say our prayers, thank God for that. Couple more. And how much over the years have you seen a lot of teammates? go through the end of their career phase. How much has this point been something you thought about happening eventually and maybe how did the way this played out, how you thought it might or different? Or? Yeah, I don't know if it's if it's emotional because it's just the end of the season. I mean, this would be emotional no matter what. It's, you know, we, we never like to lose and go out and I'll miss these guys. Um, it'll probably really hit me um, come training camp time. What's next for you, Ben? I'm sorry. What's next for you? You know, I'm gonna do everything I can to um, to be the best husband and, and father I can be, and and try and expand um, um, God's kingdom. One more. Are you excited for that phase of your life? Uh, I'm nervous. <laughs> uh, no, I am excited. Um, just because um, you know, I get to go home um, tonight. I assume we're gonna make it out and get home and. We've got snow, and so the kids are already planning, tubing, and doing, you know, sledding and stuff. So, um, being a husband and father, never, you never take a day off. You got to keep going. And so, um, as we move from one chapter to the next, um, it's going to be, it's going to be different, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be a new challenge, and I'm looking forward to it. Oh, we got snow, Ben. It's all over the place here in Western Pennsylvania this morning. Kids are going to have no problem finding good places to sled. Ben Roethlisberger there yesterday. Um, pensive, reflective. Sounds to me like a guy who's played his last game in the National Football League. You never know. You just don't. There's certainly a chance that 
that Ben Roethlisberger could get his Brett Favre on and change his mind, right? We we always know that that's a possibility. Um, but that that to me sounds like it was it. You know, you, you hear him talking about his family and, and what's next. He didn't even – that would have been the opportunity, right? If there was any seeds of doubt in Ben's mind, the opportunity would have been right there to say, ah, you know, I'm going to go home and I'm going to talk about it with my wife. I'm going to talk about it with my family. I'm going to pray on it. Maybe I'll have some conversations with my agent, with Coach Tomlin, with Mr. Rooney, Mr. Colbert, you know, whoever. And Ben, you know, what's next? He went right into, ah, I'm going to be a good husband. I'm going to be a good dad. And I'm going to try and spread the word of Jesus. You know, that, that sounds like a guy who knows that this is it, has accepted that this is it, and, um, you know, was maybe thankful for, for how this all played out in the last two weeks and the chaos and getting into the playoffs after sweeping two division rivals and, you know, being able to go back to the postseason one more time. Again, you never know. It felt like we, you know, we said Brett Favre was going to retire 37 times before he actually did. And, and, and Ben could certainly change his mind around training camp or in the summer or any time between now and then. Um, but I think he's going to get home. He's certainly going to have fun today playing out in the snow with his family, I would imagine. And, uh, and, and, and it sounds like that was the, the last ride of number seven. And if so, uh, next stop Canton for sure. And, uh, just, just an incredible career. 18 years, never had a losing season, three AFC championships, two Super Bowl rings, handful of division titles, NFL rookie of the year. I mean, the list of accolades goes on and on and on. And, uh, and if that really is the case that it feels like, you know, I, I would argue, I would say here, the Steelers, you know, about to, to enter what would be, I think, their most interesting offseason since 2007. You know, it was January of 2007 when, when Bill Cowher retired. And I'd say, you know, this is probably the most intriguing, probably the most interesting time to see what the franchise does, to see what the next moves are here as we close one chapter, one era of Steelers football. And, and begin to write the next one. And you do that, you know, saying goodbye to the quarterback that, that for 18 years um, gave you everything he had, a whole lot of good memories, and a, uh, a whole lot of victories in there. So salute number seven, a salute to this team for, for not giving up on the end of the season and, and finding a way to get in. It didn't go the way that we wanted it to last night. We'll break all that down. We'll get into some specifics. Our buddy Chris Carter from Steelers Nation Radio, from WPXI, the Locked On Steelers podcast, DK Pittsburgh Sports. He's everywhere. Carter will join us around the corner to break down everything that happened last night. Uh, you know where to get involved. You can tweet me at Wesley Euler. I am Wesley Euler. I'm in solo today, folks. So it's just me and you. I'm producing it. I'm hosting it. I'm one man and banding it. So if you want to jump in on the conversation, tweet me your questions, comments, concerns, and reactions. Uh, also, 412-919-1316. I'll get some of you guys up on hold here during the break. You're listening to the Steelers Blitz, little Steelers. Let's see, I'm going to I'm going to do that a bunch of times. You're listening to in the locker room. I'm in for Max and Wolf. Wesley Euler here, little Steelers Blitz in the locker room crossover on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR.
This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. No Wolf, no Starks, no Motsi, just Wesley Euler with you here on a snowy, sad Monday in Berg. Probably a good seven, eight, nine inches here last night, depending on where you live. It was slow getting in here. You know, normally takes me about a half an hour to get in here to work. Um, took me close to an hour today, so about about double the commute. Moving slow, being safe. If you're out there on the roads in Pittsburgh or, you know, anywhere across the, the East Coast or the country that got slammed with snow, be safe out there. Uh, we will talk to our buddy Chris Carter here momentarily as we continue to react and break down everything that happened yesterday as the Steelers fall Super Wild Card week in Arrowhead. Let's go to a place where I've got a feeling. Let's go to the phone lines here. Um, I think our buddy Tommy down in Atlanta, Georgia, he probably didn't have to deal with, uh, you know, seven, eight, nine inches of snow today on his commute. What's up, Tommy? How you doing, partner? Hey, man. I got to get this. Hey. Hey, what's up, Tommy? Can you hear me? I got you, man. How much? How you doing, Wesley? You got me? Hey, man, listen. Um, yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? I got you, partner. Good deal, man. Hey, listen. Um, yeah, my, my big thing on this is uh, great season. But, uh, you know, you're right. This is going to be a really interesting off season. I don't know what they're going to do. Um, but I, I'm not I'm not down for drafting a quarterback. I don't think it's a great quarterback class. I'd rather see him rebuild that offensive line, that defensive line. And then down the road, uh, get a quarterback, maybe 2023 yeah. draft. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I, I just – go ahead. No, I was going to say, I- I'm with you, Tommy. You – that's always that's the old adage, right? I think amongst football fans, football media, especially you know people who specialize in the NFL draft, is do you get the quarterback and then try and build the team around him, or do you build the team and then go and, and, and try and get your quarterback? I do think you know when you look at this year's quarterback class, there's some guys that are intriguing. It's intriguing. Matt Corral's intriguing. Um, Malik Wills at, at Liberty is intriguing. But I'm with you. I don't. There's no. You know, I, I think standout, clear-cut, top five, top three type guy. Um, and you just have so many other areas of this team that need addressed. The offensive line clearly stands out to everybody. The defensive line, you know, I, I think showed this year. We know we're getting into camp to it. But after that, there needs to be some rebuilding there, some depth there as well, too. Uh, feels like you need some off You're probably going to have some moving and shaking in the secondary, which, which feels like with Joe Hayden being gone. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot going on, Tommy, and I think you're right. If I, you know, if we could, yeah, if we could sit here today and say, oh yeah, you know, this team is a Russell Wilson away, or this team's a Aaron Rodgers away, but I don't think we'd be honest if, you know, even if you get a guy like that, I, I still don't think um, that we would all, you know, disagree that there still needs to be building done. I think it's just time for a little reset. I totally agree, and even to answer part of your question, you know, I think they already tried to do that this year when they got when they drafted uh, Harris in the first round and, and uh, Firemuth in the second round, and that really didn't work out for them. Yeah. They probably needed to focus on those lines before they drafted those, those um, skill-type players, and I think it kind of blew up on them, even though they went to the playoffs. I, I think they would have had a better – it would have been a better choice to, to rebuild those lines because, I mean, without the lines, that's the foundation of your yeah. team. So. Yeah, you know, Tommy, I think this time last, you know, when you, when you had that loss to the Browns, right, I think it was easier to say this was a really weird year, a lot of stuff with COVID, no fans, you know, our, our defense down the stretch last year just got so decimated with injuries. 
you know, we, we, we went 12-4 and four in the regular season. You know, one of those losses, too, was to the Browns where you sat a lot. Of, let's run this back. Let's go get Najee. Let's go get Fryermuth because we think that they can really have an instant impact. I, I agree with you that in, in hindsight, you know, maybe it was the wrong move. I, I think now, though, uh, it was at least easy to understand why they did that last year. This year, it, it, yeah, it, it just feels like, hey, every team, when you've had runs like the Steelers have had, when you haven't had a losing season in two decades, eventually you are just going to have to take a little bit of a step back. Back, and I, I don't think that this is the time to just try and run it back. I, I'm with you. You, you got to start, you know, drafting, I think, more so for, for just this next era of Steelers football because anytime you lose an 18-year franchise quarterback, there's just bound to be a little rebuilding. That's just the nature of the beast in a salary cap league. Yeah, no doubt, man. Hey, listen, great talking to you, Wesley. Thanks for keeping the Berg alive in my heart. <laughs> of course. A lot, so appreciate of course. your help, man. Appreciate you, Tommy. Thanks for calling in. Be good down there. In Atlanta. Again, 412 919 1316. That's where you jump on the phone lines. A reminder to you folks, I'm in here solo. All right, so it's going to be hard for me to answer the phones during segments, obviously. I, I can't be hosting and talking to Yins at the same time. I tell you what, that would be really good multitasking by me. Even I don't have that much of a uh, a gas bag behind the microphone to do two things at once. Um, but 412-919-1316 during breaks, and I will get you up on the board. We're going to talk to our buddy Chris Carter about 10 minutes from now. I just got the confirmation text from him. Uh, let's, before we um, get to Mr. Carter here, I did want to play you one more time um, as we kind of continue to roll along here and react I wanted to hear from Juju Smith-Schuster, what he had to say after the game uh, yesterday. Juju, again, this season, a disappointing one for him, tough one for him, obviously not the way um, that he wanted to have play out in terms of being able to contribute to the team and certainly you know, in terms of him entering the free agency market off of a season where he, he wasn't necessarily available. But I thought Juju, a lot of good things to say, a lot of, you know, poignant observations and points that he made in his post-game address yesterday after he was able to get back out there, was involved with a few plays, did have a few targets. Obviously, though, again, um, not the game, not the season that he was hoping for, but here's what Juju had to say yesterday post-game. Play with Ben last year. Uh, it's, it's been unbelievable, man. Uh, honestly, I can give that guy, you know, my whole career. You know, I appreciate all the other quarterbacks that i played with uh, in, the, in the previous past. But he's one special, unique guy, you know. Um, when I first came in, like I always told, I told everybody, you know, I used to watch, you know, Big Ben. And I've always wondered what it felt like to be in that huddle, to go down and drive and to score, you know, the winning touchdown to win a game. Fast forward, you know, about 10 years, you know, I'm, I'm in that huddle and, you know, hearing him, you know, say what he says. And, you know, we go down, we win the game, and you know, in those situations. But like I said, uh, I can give my career to that man. You know, everything he's done uh, up until now, um, I appreciate him so much. And it meant, so it, meant, it meant so much to me that, you know, I, you know, I knew, I knew that it was, uh, I knew it was a big risk, you know, to put myself on the line to come out here. And, you know, while I was doing my exit, you know, physicals to like, you know, the end of the season, uh, I got cleared by the doctor and I was like, you know, I'm playing. There was no hesitation. There was no doubt that I want to be out there with seven. And, you know, he felt comfortable. You know, and it's like, you know, we, we never lost that chemistry. And like I said, I'm, I don't know what his next plans are, you know, for his future. But I would say thank you, Seven, for everything you've done for me and uh, on the field and off the field as a man. Juju, how much do you want to say with the Steelers? Oh, man, uh, 
honestly, it would be a blessing. You know, I love the city. I love the fans. I love Coach Tomlin. Uh, I love the coaches, my teammates, players, everyone in the, the, the media side to the, the training room. Uh, it's been unbelievable. Uh, my career here has been amazing. Uh, it would be nice, you know, to stay here and to play with these guys again, same coaches and everyone. Uh, so, yeah, it would be nice to stay for another four years. Surprised when your exit physical was clean and you're like, honestly, no, because I was planning. I was honestly, I don't think nobody knew, you know, uh, not even my mom, you know, like I, the times that I was away from the team and away from the facility, you know, I was always working. I was working to get my shoulder back. Uh, since the day I got hurt, I told myself like this injury was a six month injury recovery. I told myself I'm doing it in three. And when I got cleared, I was like, no hesitation, it's time to go. Um, so everything I was doing outside of the facility to get to where I'm at today and to show other teams that I'm healthy, you know? So, and I said, I'm just happy to be out there, my boys. How challenging was it for you to kind of go through this away from your team, especially when they were playing? Uh, it, was, it, was very cha- it was very challenging. You know, there was times where I missed practice and I, and I love football. You know, being around football, you know, keeps my mind going. I think a, a lot of the times, a lot of people who get injured, they get hurt, they check out early age, you know, early, early stage, you know, when they told when, when Dr. Bradley told me, he said, Hey, you're out for the season. I said, okay, the season's the season, you know, there's a postseason, you know, hope, and praying that, you know, we got in and we got in and, you know, like I said, God answered my play, my prayers. And for me to come back, it was very, very like the mental part for me. Like, I think the physical part is, you know, because you're constantly working, I was working on my shoulder, on my shoulder. But the mental part was like not being around my boys, not not being able to be around football. You know, it was always just me one on one, just trying to get better. And um, oh, that's a dark place. I want to go back there, and I'm happy where I'm at today. How much do you think you could have helped this offense this year? I think I could have helped this offense a lot, a lot tremendously. You know, I think I've done it in the past. You know, it's shown. You know, I think my work, you know, speaks for itself, and. Um, it's unfortunate I couldn't, you know, help this year. What made Ben unique? Honestly, I'll tell you this though, like his like when he goes no huddle, he goes like no when he's playing backyard football, it's unbelievable. Like for a guy to like tell five guys where to go and what to do and with all that going on within the thirty seconds of him just trying to like then figure out what the defense is running, the disguises and all that. Um that right there, that's just like, you can't make it up. And that's, there's a lot of great quarterbacks who do that. Um, and obviously, the touch, the throws, the, the timing, you know, he has it all. You know, I think, I think Ben still got it, you know, honestly. You know, I'm going to, after this, I'm going to go see Ben, be like, hey, man, what's up? You want to you come back next year? You know, all the receivers, all the guys are trying to get him to come back. So, but like I said, you know, his journey, his future is in his hands. And um, I mean, nothing but the best. You went for that exit physical. Were you anticipating them saying, okay, we'll see you in a month? Or were you expecting them to say, you're good to go? Nah, it was, it was my choice to go in there. And uh, to, obviously, once I got cleared, I was like, I, I already knew in my, in my head. I was like, if I get cleared to play, I'm playing. No hesitation. And like I said, I, once I got that the go, um, I'm suiting up. You know, I, I talked to my agent. You know, t- telling me it's contract year. You should be careful. It's, it's, I'm t- I talked to my mom. Like, mom's being mom. You know how that is. And honestly, like, it just came down to personal stuff. Nobody knows my body best. And I knew I was training for this. And, you know, we fell short today. So uh, we just got to come back better next year. 
Yeah. I feel good. I'm, I'll be sore, obviously, like, in the next morning. Yeah, just in general. No, 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 no re-injuries. You make your decision about next year. How much does it come into play who the quarterback is here next year? Uh, yeah, of course. Obviously, you know, um, trying to figure out who the next man up is. You know, we have Mason Rudolph. You have uh, uh, Dwayne Haskin. You have guys. You, you just never know. Um, obviously, it's going to be in a talk uh, with, you know, with uh, Coach Tomlin, the OC, and everyone. So it's, it's a very important thing. Juju Smith-Schuster there, speaking to the media for a few minutes after his performance yesterday, his game back yesterday. Good to see him out there. I mean, it was clear that they were not asking him to do all the typical Juju things. Still able to get him involved. You still saw him playing that physical style of football. And, uh, you know, I think whatever your opinion is on Juju, you got you to gotta appreciate that last night. Like he said there, I'm sure a lot of people, you know, his agent, his family, his circle, you know, as, as we like to say, we're probably telling him, hey, man, like it's, it's just not worth it. What if you go out there and you re-injure something, then all of a sudden there's another setback right before you're about to hit free agency again. Uh, but good on Juju going out there uh, for, you know, good chance of what was his last ride with number seven as well. Wesley Euler here in the locker room solo on a Monday. I'm hosting it. I'm producing it. I'm all by myself. Except for up next, our buddy Chris Carter is going to join us to break down everything that we saw last night. CeCe, on the other side, your reaction on Twitter and on the phone lines. We'll get to it all on this snowy Monday in DeBerg. I'm Wesley Euler, and you're in the locker room on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Wesley Euler in with you on this Monday, holding it down on 970 and SNR. I'm riding solo. I'm hosting it. But you know what? You got to have friends in life, right? I get by with a little help from my friends and one of those friends in real life friend of everything we do here on SNR. You hear him during training camp. You hear him with Moats and I. I, DK Pittsburgh Sports, the Locked on Steelers podcast. It's our buddy, the extraordinaire, the man who never sleeps himself, Chris Carter. CC, what's up, buddy? How you doing? I'm doing great, Wes. How are you? Hey, man. You know, it's it's uh, it's a blizzard out there in western Pennsylvania. The Steelers season is over, so those things are always a little somber. But I am, uh, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate to have another day here and uh, and have this time to talk football with you. Thanks for joining me, buddy. I really appreciate it. Hey, no problem, man. I may be on five hours of sleep, but I'm chilling at a hotel that WPXI put me in up, up overnight in because they wanted to help me avoid the storm. So, you know, I got some time to kill right now. Oh, you big timer. Hey, you know. Between me and you, I mean, I might, I might have to XI up after this. I mean, they're putting you up in a hotel. <laughs> you know, my my employers here, they're making me take a tauntaun to get to work, and you're getting, a, you're getting a hotel. But you know what? You deserve it, Chris Carter. I am happy that you are uh, relaxed and 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 able to uh, to just chill and not have to worry about commuting. Hopefully, everybody out there is uh, is safe as well too. And thanks to everybody, I'm sure we got some crews, some people who have been up plowing the roads and salting the roads and all that stuff who are listening as well. Thank you guys everything you're doing out there mr carter tough one last night um you know there was there was certainly hope in the first half i think until you know about the two minute warning when the chiefs kind of started to blow things open and, and that was it admirable job by the defense early on but but just not enough on each side of the ball i don't think uh what's kind of your you know as we are you know now had some time to digest and think about it and everything your biggest takeaway from what we saw yesterday at arrowhead stadium 
uh, what was it was actually a remarkable game plan for, to, to to handle the Chiefs uh, you know in, in the early part of the game. Listen, that is an offense, and that is a quarterback who's who's going to be end up being one of the best of all time. Um, he's playing at a level that we we've, we've never even seen Ben get to. And when you play a team like that, you have to be you have to come correct on defense. And we know the Steelers' defense this year it's not it's not last year's defense. It's not 2019's defense. So this this year's defense definitely has some holes in it. So for this group to go out there and get five straight stops, including two turnovers and a defensive touchdown, yeah, that's that's what you can ask for. Them. You know, and, you know that, that was that was everything that you wanted to to get the, to get everything together. So I, I actually really liked the game plan. They confused Mahomes early, um, and in games like this, you have to be able to limit how many times he gets the ball. But you cannot hand Patrick Mahomes eight first half drives and just hope that it's going to work, going to work out. The Steelers offense got two first downs in that first half where you know, period where the Steelers defense was getting you know five straight stops and Jeez. scoring a touchdown. Uh, eventually, he is going to find find you and kill you. Uh, so you know it's, it's straight up Liam needs to not take it. Um, so you know it's just like it, it, it's that bad, but. I think the game plan defensively was 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 really good um, to get them there. But you know, once once the dam broke, it was there was no patching it back up. That offense is too talented, and this just isn't a superstar defense this year. They've got superstars on it. Yeah. DJ Watt was amazing. Cam Hayward was amazing. I thought Minka Fitzpatrick did what he could to try to piece things together. I even saw some really good plays from Trey, uh, Trey Norwood. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some third down breakups from him. But it's just, it's a lot to ask of a defense to contain that offense for four quarters with no offensive help. Yeah, and, and especially in the first half, Chris. You know, even when it was, uh, you know, seven nothing, seven seven there in, in the waning moments yeah. of the second quarter before the Chiefs scored twice late. You know, the the defense they were they were doing that classic bend but don't break thing. But the, the yep. yardage was still there. The first downs were still there. The elongating of drives and possessing the football was still there from the Chiefs. You know, as, as much as it was encouraging, I mean, it did, right? When, when the offense has just 44 yards in the first half and the defense is kind of holding on by a thread, it, it felt like that dam was about to break and you just wanted to try and make it to halftime at a one-score possession or a, a one-score game, one-possession game, I should say. Um, but unfortunately... You know, you, you get that third and 20 conversion for a touchdown and some of those things that happened down the stretch, and, and that just – that kind of felt like ball game. Right. And, and, and here's the thing. The Steelers go down into the half seven points. This, you're, not, you're not mad about that. You're right, right. You're, you're within reach. You know, a, a punt return, a blocked punt, another defensive touchdown, and all of a sudden it's a tie game. The Chiefs are looking around. Wait a minute. Why are these guys hanging with us right now? That's, you wanted to get to the fourth quarter with being within one score, even if, they, even if the Chiefs had the lead. Because then it's crunch time. I mean, and that's something that is real. You know, I, I do think this, that Patrick Mahomes came out early in this game. He said after the game, we were hesitant. We, were, we weren't sure. That was what you needed from them. You needed them to come out slow. But as soon as the Steelers' defense scored, he was like, listen, all we got to do is like, – if you're thinking there, all we got to do is score on our next two drives, mm-hmm. and that offense ain't there over there doesn't scare us. And that, that, puts, that does not put enough pressure on – you know, a great quarterback like that when you can't score. So, um, again, I'm not mad at the defense at all. They, they, they fought, they fought really hard. Um, I thought that that was a, uh, I thought that was a heck of a performance yeah. uh, early on. But like you said, you just, you can't keep it up. We, we, we've, we've been talking about for the past like month, when you get TJ Watt in the game for 40 snaps, you know, he's, the Steelers are nine and three. Well, they had 41 defensive snaps in the first half. That's Jeez. not how you want it to go. No, that that's certainly not. And, you know, 
I think it's something you and I, I can't remember if it was on the Locked on Steelers podcast or it was maybe a conversation that we were having on SNR, but I think we talked about after the, after the Browns game on Monday night, Chris, how the defense looked like a completely different unit in that game, and it was because the offense was scoring early. The offense was the one possessing the first ball and sh- possessing the football and stringing together first downs and keeping the defense off the field. When they're a rested unit, they're a different unit, and I, yeah, unfortunately, I think we saw the opposite of that last night. Absolutely. I mean, they're just, you just saw they were gassed. And, and not just gassed, like, physically, but mentally. Sure. It, it takes a lot to account for every single threat that Chiefs bring to you. Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, and then Patrick Mahomes being able to score with Byron Pringle and Meikle Hardy. Yeah. I mean, he, 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 can, he can make everything work. And when you're accounting for that, you have you – can, you can put them in so many guessing games. But eventually, in today's NFL – if you keep putting them in guessing games, a quarterback like that is going to guess right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it, again, they just needed some offense there. But, you know, I, I, I thought that was the thing. One of my other takeaways from this game, you know, Mike Tomlin, and this is one thing that I thought was very important about this playoff trip. You know, a lot of people were saying, oh, they don't stand a chance. And, yeah, they ended up not standing a chance once the game broke open. Uh, but but you wanted to see how did certain young younger guys, the guys that – you know, are still on their rookie contracts. Not even actual rookies, just on their rookie contracts. How did they respond to the big moments? And I think you saw Trey Norwood step up. I think you saw Najee mm-hmm. Harris and Pat Fryermuth really fight through. Um, they were given what, what, everything they had. But I think you saw Deontay Johnson, his drops, uh, yeah. that was a major concern. Oh. And not just for that game, but it's like, man, like this was the week that you had to step up. And they weren't, they weren't you know, impossible catches that you didn't haul in. They were quick slants that could have you know, kept the Steelers in the game and he dropped them, and now you're, sit- you're sitting there going into next season. You're like, well, you got one more year in your rookie deal, but how much money do you want to invest in a guy when, when, the, when the game was on the line Jeez. and needed you and you didn't come through? That's a tough spot for, for him moving forward. Yeah, no, it absolutely is, and, and let's stay there for a second. I, I, you know, the, 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 the wide receiver position has been an issue all year, particularly after Juju Smith-Schuster went down. We know there's some problems there. And I, Chris, like I'm never one, you know, you and I have been doing this thing together, having these conversations together for a while. Like I, I am not a scapegoat type guy. You know, I think a lot of, right. a lot of media is like that. A lot of fans are certainly like that where t- your team loses a game, you know, insert team name here, insert sport here. And, and you just try and find one guy to blame. And it's, it's never that simple. It's never that cut right. and dry, but that is quite often a, a quick way to get a reaction, a quick way to start and stimulate conversation. So, I, I again, it, it was not just Deontay last night. There were shortcomings all over the offense. There were shortcomings all over the offense all season. But, man, there were a couple moments there where it just felt like, you know, like like at the, at the end of the second quarter, right? Um, if, Deontay, mm-hmm. if Deontay catches that pass and the Steelers get a first down, maybe you keep the offense on the field, maybe you get one more first down, and then like we talked about, Maybe it's a one-score game at halftime. Heck, maybe even you get lucky and you're tied at halftime or you're able to kick a field goal, and it's you know it's less than a seven-point game. Deontay you know, should have been a pretty easy first down. Chiefs come back out, another opportunity, score a touchdown. All of a sudden, the game starts. And like those are just the moments that you have to have. I think, one, when you, know, when you were the Steelers, you're the underdog, you're the road team, you're the lesser talented team. And those are the those are the catches. Those are the moments you have to have for Deontay as well, too. When you're trying to prove that you're a number one wide receiver and that you know you're worthy of that big contract extension. And, and, and uh, Deontay, no, make no mistake, he did step up this year. Those problems yes. that he had yes. at, the end of the, at the end of this season, they were all last season. So 
you know, maybe part of it is he needs to keep up his regimen. Maybe the part of it is he needs to practice in cold weather. Maybe it needs, maybe it's just, hey, you need to be more mentally tough and, and fighting through those moments and get, and get used to that. But, I mean, he, the guy with Ben Roethlisberger at the worst that he's ever been in his career was the 10th leading receiver in the NFL. Hmm. I think that says, says something like, hey, yeah. they're safe. But if the problem is, is that if, it, if he does not shake the, game, the big game moniker, because, you know, you look last year, you know, he, 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 him having to get benched in that, in that Bills game, um, you know, in the, in the struggle, the struggles that he's had, it, it's been late in seasons when he's looked the worst. And if you play like that, you know, there's a big question is like, can the Steelers rely upon you um, to, fin- to finish things throughout? You know, I, I think Deontay has great separation. I think there's times he sh- he's shown great hands. I think he, uh, he, still, he still does have potential, um, but he has to be able to put it all together. And uh, now he's only got one year to really do that, um, and he won't have Ben Roethlisberger with him to do that. So, um, you know, I, I think it's a rough situation to be in. But, but you're right. I think he catches either or both of those passes. The Steelers might get points. But, yeah. you know, if they don't, they're keeping the Chiefs off the field mm, a little right. bit longer. I, even on that last drive, after the Chiefs put up their second touchdown, if the Steelers can just move the sticks once or twice and run that clock out, you go into halftime down seven on the road to the Chiefs like, you know what? You'll take We're that all day. One. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I, buddy, I'm with you. And it's it, it's again, we we knew that to to beat a team like the Chiefs when you're one dealing with with a lot of injuries yourself, dealing with a lot of rookies, young guys, inexperienced guys on the offense, and just a roster that I, I think I don't think we're stepping on anybody's toes. I don't think we're insulting anybody when we say that it's just not as talented from top to bottom as the Steelers roster has been in years of late. You got to win in that minutia. You've got to be buttoned up in those moments, and 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 you know win in the margins. And unfortunately, that was one of the moments that the Steelers didn't. It cost them, and it felt like that kind of carried into halftime, and and certainly at the start of the third quarter as well. Chris, I got to get the break here, but yeah, you want to come back for one more segment? Why not, buddy? Like I said, I'm chilling. I'm eating cold pizza, drinking some Pepsi, and uh, watching The Office. So uh, I'd, rather, you, I'd rather talk with you to keep watching The Office. You are living every high schooler's dream right now. Snow day, <laughs> feed up, Pepsi, pizza, television. Gosh, gosh, I'm jealous. Uh, yeah, when, when we come back, if it's cool with you, I will keep you for one more segment because I think we got to just talk like, one, Ben's legacy, and two, where do you go from here, off-season priorities. Is that cool with you? One more segment? Absolutely. Let's roll. All right, buddy. I'm going to put my guy Chris Carter here on hold. When we come back on the other side, we will continue the conversation with CC, with Mr. Carter. We'll talk a little Ben Legacy. We'll talk a little where do we go? Where do we go now? Wow, wow, where do we go? Axel Rose, Guns and Roses, sweet child of mine. We'll continue the conversation with Chris Carter to start the second hour of the show. I'm Wesley Euler. You're in the locker room on ESPN Pittsburgh. NSNR. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Wesley Euler with you here in the locker room on a Monday, riding solo, but our buddy, our partner in crime, our good friend in real life, our friend of SNR, Mr. Chris Carter, is here rocking and rolling with me. For those of you that don't know, I mean, Chris 
you know, I, I think I've said this before on SNR, but it always bears repeating, partner. I, you know, I used to say this on uh, ESPN Pittsburgh a lot, too, when I was hosting Afternoons and you used to join me. Folks, our buddy Chris Carter, he hosts the Locked on Steelers podcast. He gives you a 30, 40-minute Steelers podcast every day, Monday to Friday. It's free. It's on demand. It's uploaded right on your phone. If you're a Steelers junkie and you're not subscribed to the Locked on Steelers podcast, I mean, I got some bad news. You're not a Steelers junkie, all right? So <laughs> so subscribe to the Locked On Steelers podcast. Show our buddy Chris Carter some love. You know, that's what Moats and I always say. Show love to the people that show us love. And Chris is certainly one of those. And, buddy, I appreciate you coming back here with me for another segment. Um, first, let's, let's start here because I want to talk offense. I want to talk where you go from here. A little Big Ben as well, too. Um, last night, um, I, I'm glad you, you were involved. You heard what Ben said in the postgame, his you know six or seven minutes of media yeah. availability there. That felt like the end, right? I think especially the last question he was asked was, what's next? And he could have done the whole, I'm going to talk to my wife, I'm going to talk to my family, I'm going to talk to my agent, and we'll see. But he said, you know, I'm going to be a husband. I'm going to be a father. I want to spread, you know, the the word of Jesus. That was his answer. He didn't even really leave the door open in terms of, oh, I'm going to take some time and think about it. He did mention maybe my mind will change around training camp time, or maybe I'll feel those emotions, I should say, not his mind will change. Maybe I'll feel those emotions around training camp time. But that 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 this feels like that was the end for Ben Roethlisberger, right? Last night was was the final chapter, the closing of that chapter and of this era of Steelers football. Absolutely, I mean, I mean but one thing you got to remember too, Wes, is all football players, great football players who love the game, they they feel that at the end of their career, they when when the, when when the summers you know starting to turn starting to turn to the sure. to August. And, and you smell the fresh cut grass somewhere. You're like, oh man, football. And like you, you start, you, I mean, heck, I played, I played four years of high school football, and I still get that feeling sometimes where I'm like, I just don't want to, I don't want to run gassers, but I'd love to. Right now. But like, <laughs> Let me hit that, somebody. It, 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 exactly. Like you still, you get, you get that kind of a feeling. And for a guy who, I mean, it was his career, and you saw how much he loved playing for the fans. You saw the emotion, uh, you know, at, at Heinz Field for his last home game after yep. that win over the Browns. Um, you know, that, this dude has a lot of passion for the game. So he's going to feel, feel those heartstrings get tugged on. I mean, look, look at Brett Favre's in his career. He couldn't yep. say no to the end of the game. <laughs> yep. He was just like, ah, forget it. Like, we're, we're coming back again, guys. And just that was he, – he gave, he, gave, he gave what he wanted. I, I think they're kind of in the same boat there. But he has to look at it. And he's like, look, man, like, you can't get the ball down the field late in the season. Early in the season, there were some really good throws. But having to ask that of you for an entire season – that's a challenge. Um, this and, and it's just he's, he's in a rough spot. And it's like, hey, you know what? You had a fantastic year. That was a great send off at the Browns game, and you got to the playoffs one more time. Even though you lost the game, you know, I, I think that that's a, that's that's more than enough for Ben to hang his hat up and say, I, I made a, I did, I had a Hall of Fame career that I can be very proud of. Um, and, and and like you said, you know, it's time to focus on being a dad. Time to focus on you know you know get on with your life's work, as Chuck Noll would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I think that. You know, this, this, the, 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 the legacy that he's left in football is one to admire and that, uh, you know, moving forward, uh, you know, he has, he has a lot of different directions he can go and he sure. a ton of money. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he's in good graces with, you know, one of the greatest sports organizations in all of sports. So uh, I think there's a lot to do with that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Guy, we know he's got uh, the house in Georgia as well, too, but feels like a guy who's going to be around Pittsburgh, going to stay in Pittsburgh. Uh, that yeah, he's retiring, he's going away, but he's not really going anywhere um, except for right. to, except for to Canton, like you said, Chris. 
you and I, a lot of times, we, we laugh, we tell funny stories about, you know, talking football with our dads, talking football with our family members. Some of the, you know, I, I know your dad is obviously a huge Steelers guy, huge football fan, and some of the, you know, talking to him about the, the Chuck Noll era and things like that. When, when you and I are the old heads, right, 20, 30 years from now, 40 years from now, and we're talking to the young bucks, to the young kids, one, telling them to get off our lawn, but then two, talking to them about Ben Roethlisberger. What's the legacy? You know, I've, I've been thinking about that. I was thinking about that when I was driving in slowly in the snow to the studio today, and I think it's just it's, it's 18 years of a guy that gave you a chance every single time and 18 years of a guy that felt like he really embodied the Steelers in, in Western Pennsylvania, right? I mean, he's not eating avocado ice cream like Tom Brady, right? I mean, he's, he's, <laughs> he's got the beard. He's uh, yeah, at times had a little bit of a beer belly on him, right? He's Big Ben, even through all the injuries, through all that stuff, never say die, the, the blue-collar lunch pail mentality from your quarterback in an era where it felt like those were less and less of those guys, you know, more, uh, more divas, more, um, you know, ballerinas wearing skirts as, uh, as Jack Lambert might, might say, yeah, pretty boys for sunshine, sunshine <laughs> playing quarterback, uh, 20, 30 years from now, when, when we're talking to the next generations who didn't get to witness Ben, what's, what's that legacy? What do you think is, 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 you know, going to be all that's left behind that, that we discuss for, for decades and decades? Well, I mean, I, I wonder by that time, will the Steelers have found another franchise quarterback? You know, oh. it took, it took, it took for, you know, from Terry Bradshaw retiring in the mid-80s until 20 years later for them to find, you know, Ben Roethlisberger. So, you know, maybe, maybe they don't. Maybe they do. There are a lot more quarterbacks that come out of college more competent than they used to just because of the demands of college quarterbacks now, um, you know, at that level of play. So, you know, I actually don't think the search for a new franchise quarterback will take as long as some people think. Um, but I, I also think that, you know, when you talk about his legacy, you know, he won two Super Bowls. I, you know, and there, and there, he stepped, he got the Steelers to, to set the, the record of, of the of the NFL with six Super Bowl championships. No one else, you know, has uh, has passed them yet. You have the Patriots who caught up, and you know, the Patriots again, the only only franchise that that is on your level had Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, and those guys are on their on their own level. Um, and Tom Brady, you know, being being the guy that everyone calls the greatest of all time, you know, that's you know, there, there's a reason for that, and all the things that he's been able to do. Um, so for, for Ben Roethlisberger to be part of that legacy, I think no one can ever take that away from him. Um, you know, that throw to San Antonio Holmes is one of the greatest throws in NFL history. It's one of those moments that you cannot ignore. Um, if you're, um, you know, if, if you're, if you're, if you're an NFL historian, you can't overlook that moment in, you know, in, in NFL history. And those are, those are the type of things that when you have that on your resume, that's like a, yeah, you, that, that's a, that's an unforgettable moment on top of all the numbers that he has, all the game-winning drives. Um, you know, he's now third in all-time uh, passing yards in the postseason. Mm. You know, that, that legacy is definitely intact. He's got, you know, we're going to be able to talk to our kids. And, you know, when we're, when we're like Stan Savern out here telling the good old kids, you know, on the radio shows what's, what's the real deal in sports, we'll be able to say, man, you guys, you just don't know what Ben Roethlisberger was able to do. You know, they the Ravens broke his nose, and he was still throwing Terrell Suggs <laughs> off of him and getting the ball downfield. Like those, that's absolutely the legacy yeah. of Ben Roethlisberger. And and yeah, you know what? The, the last of the 2010s, he didn't have some great uh, playoff performances, but um, you know, again, that can't wipe out the success that he had and the great moments that Steelers fans got to enjoy with him at, at quarterback for so long. Yeah, no, I I think you're right. You know, when a, a year or so removed now. 
you know, nobody talks about how, how Drew Brees' arm fell apart down the stretch his last right. year of his career. They talk about all the accomplishments. Nobody talks about how Eli Manning got benched for Daniel friggin' Jones. They talk about the two oh, Super boy. Bowl, the two epic Super Bowl wins over the Patriots. Um, yeah, I, I don't think anyone is going to be, oh, remember how Ben Roethlisberger was only throwing the ball three or four yards downfield at the end? I, I, I don't think anyone's going to be doing that. I think they're going to be talking about the 18 years with one franchise, the two Super Bowls, all those, like you said, just iconic moments and and obviously a guy that we know is going to be exiting stage left if you're looking at a map right exiting stage left to Canton here uh not too long from now and that'll certainly be a fun day for Steeler Nation out in Ohio Chris as we start to wrap this segment up um then now I gotta ask you the Axl Rose question right the little guns and roses where do we go what what's the move I you know I I hear a lot of people talking uh, you know, quarterback, quarterback, quarterback is obviously the conversation. I think particularly when you lose one like Ben that's been the franchise guy for 18 years, a lot of discussion about Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers and one of these veteran guys. And I just, man, if I thought that this team was a quarterback away from winning a Super Bowl, I'd say, heck, yeah, let's go get Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers and, you know, do what you got to do to do that. And you still got some cap space and surround those guys as best you can. And let's keep this thing moving. It just feels like when you've been – you know, contending legitimately for 18 years like the Steelers have, at some point you just have to take a step back. You don't have to tank. You don't have to completely go into the crapper. But I think you've got to realize that you've got to retool. You've got to rebuild a little bit. And now feels like that time. You can't just throw a coat of red paint or yellow paint or, you know, whatever color Coach Tomlin wants to paint the barn. You, you got to make some, you know, some repairs, some adjustments to the foundation of that house, of that franchise, I think, right now, starting in the trenches and then working outwards. But what do you kind of think is the, you know, the where the Steelers go from here? Is it time to take a step back and really reassess things? Or do you think, hey, they got some cap room, they've got some guys on defense, you can still keep this thing humming? I mean, I really think that they have a future on, on, on this roster. I mean, T.J. Watt is the best defensive player um, in, in football. I mean, and you saw it last night. I mean, geez, he was giving them by, you know, by himself. I, mean, I don't want to take away what the other defensive players were doing because they certainly contributed. But by himself, you just saw the impact that he brought in a situation where the Steelers should have never had a chance against a team that's as talented as the Chiefs. That dude's a beast. And when you have him, you still got Cam Hayward. You hope to get back Stephon Tuitt. You see Alex Highsmith growing. He was getting after Mahomes as well in this yeah. game. You know, you, you, and you got Minka Fitzpatrick, who I still think is one of the – you know, even though he was first for first team All-Pro for back-to-back seasons, he's still undervalued in the NFL for what he brings to the table. Um, you know, they have a lot of pieces. I also think Najee Harris and Pat Fryermuth are real pieces moving forward that you can build around. Um, you know, so for me, if I'm the Steelers, you're about to have 45-ish million dollars in cap space. You could probably make some moves and cuts and restructures that'll get you about, you know, 10 to 15 million more um, for next next season. You you put yourself in a position where you can go get one or two offensive linemen, and, and not just Trey Turner last minute like David DeCastro didn't come back. Right, you need right. to get a guy, um, but 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 actual we're competing in the market for for an offensive lineman type of moves. Um, and then if you build up the offensive line, you'll have a ground game. You know, you go back and you get some defensive players. Maybe you pay for one of those top cornerbacks in free agency, and then you're sitting there, okay, now you have a, a guy who you can put on an island and let the rest of the defense go to work and do what they do. Um, and then all of a sudden you're looking at, man, you know, if two is back, if a is back, maybe you draft another defensive lineman to go with that crew, your, your run defense returns, maybe get another linebacker as well. I mean, they, they, like I said, they definitely have needs, but – 
this is a team that I think with the playmakers on it, they can be built to be a run-first offense that plays off play action and just has a decent quarterback do that minimum right. and just rock out with, with superstars all over its defense and role players that they fill in in free agency in the draft in the next year or so. Uh, I, I really think that can be the identity while they look for Ben Roethlisberger's heir. I don't think that they need to go trade for Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Derek Carr. Even though those guys would all be fine, but you, it would take draft picks to get those guys, yep. and it would take up all the space to get those guys. And those are assets right now that you have to build a really great roster. Uh, and not great, just say good. It's a solid roster that you can be like, hey, there's no big holes on this team outside of quarterback, and you can run the ball, play defense, and, uh, and you know, say you get I, – I, I've been saying this for about a month now. I think the best plan for the Steelers is you go into next year, Mason Rudolph's there, you sign a cheap veteran, maybe a Nick Foles, a Marcus Mariota, whoever. Someone is, <laughs> I, I got Wes excited with bringing up his, his guy from the East. I mean, I, I, I was there when that guy won a Super Bowl. I mean, they, they, didn't give me a, they didn't give me a ring, though, Chris, so I'm still a little pee. <laughs> but point being, you get that guy to go in there. And then say you draft a guy. Say, you know, if Kenny Pickett falls to you in the first round, maybe you take that swing. Mm. If, maybe in the second round, if you get a Carson Strong or a Malik Willis and you're saying, hey, we'll take a swing at those guys. And then you go into camp saying, hey, guys, you got a heck of an offensive line. You got one of the best running backs in football. You got one of the best young tight ends in football. You got a defense over there that we have supercharged with all the money we put into it. All you got to do is prove to us that you're not going to throw the picks and you can hit the play action passes when we scheme them up to be wide open down the field. And then you're in a situation where you don't need a great quarterback. You just need eh, decent play. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo, Ryan Tannehill, those guys aren't great quarterbacks. They're guys who play well behind a scheme that opens things up for them. I, I think that, uh, I think that that's certainly a possibility for the Steelers moving forward. It's not as, I don't think it's nearly as doom and gloom as some people make it seem like, oh, this city's about to just be terrible and they're about to be in last place in the AFC right, North for right. the next 20 years. That, that ain't happening. No, I totally agree with you on that. That that kind of reaction has tickled me to death. Like people, are, hey, could the Pirates be the best team in town for the next five years? All right, j- just settle oh, down. Geez. All right, just yeah. Oh, geez, indeed. Uh, Steelers, yeah, Chris. It looks like as I'm looking at it right now, drafting 20th overall will be the selection. Um, and it'll be very interesting. You look at the teams in front of them. The Eagles have a bunch of picks right in front of them. New Orleans, the Chargers, as well too. Um, I, th- I would say the good news is. You know, of, of the one, two, three, four, five picks in front of the Steelers, three of them are owned by the Eagles and then also the Saints and the Chargers. Those organizations feel like they're pretty set for the most part at offensive line. You know, so, so maybe mm-hmm. that does open up some possibilities there for you at 20 teams in front of you who probably aren't going to take a quarterback. Although I know, I tell you what, you mentioned Kenny Pickett slip into the Steelers. If he's there at 18 to New Orleans, uh, that would feel like a, a potential yeah, roadblock that'd be to that. A good fit for them. Yeah. That, yeah, that'd be a good fit for, for both parties, I think. Um, but yep. yeah, Steelers picking at 20 and uh, certainly going to be an interesting offseason. Our buddy Chris Carter will break it down with us uh, throughout the entirety of the winter, spring, and summer. Uh, again, Chris woo, woo Chris Carter, uh, WPXI, DK Pittsburgh Sports, Locked on Steelers podcast. Subscribe right now, you knuckleheads. And uh, he joins us on SNR. You can catch him. I think we're going to do we, – we talked – did we talk – we're going to do Mondays with Chris Carter throughout the offseason on SNR. Does that sound good to you? That sounds great to me, Wes. So, I love it. So you'll be catching Chris all throughout the offseason. Make sure you're showing him some love where he does his own work as well, too. Buddy, I appreciate the heck out of you. I called an audible on you. I texted you about 10 o'clock this morning right as I went on air, and I said, hey, 
I'm solo for the next two hours. Can you join me for a segment? And you said, how about two, cousin? Uh, I appreciate the heck out of you, man. Thank you. Uh, get home safely, and we'll talk soon. Absolutely. Now I go back to my cold pizza and watching the office. I am so jealous. There he goes. <laughs> Enjoy it. Put those feet up and have some fun. Chris Carter, great stuff from him as always. One of my favorite guys in this town to talk Steelers football with. When we come back on the other side, I'm going to talk Steelers football with you. we got a few of you on hold. I'll get to your calls, 412-919-1316. That's where you get at me. You've also been tweeting me uh, over the last hour and 20 minutes, at Wesley Euler. I'll get to some of your questions, comments, concerns, and reactions on the Twitter.com when we come back as well. I am Wesley Euler. You're in the locker room here, a little in the locker room Steelers blitz. You know, I normally say crossover, but I'm just here by myself, cousins. Get at me. I'm hosting it. I'm producing it. We're in the locker room on a Monday on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Back inside the locker room here on a snowy Monday in western Pennsylvania in the Berg. Wesley Euler with you. No Wolf and Max today because they are traveling home. Morning from Kansas City last night. No Arthur Motes today as well, too. I am the only one. I mean, you know, these big, tough football players... It can't be bothered to come out in the snow, but then there's little 150-pound me making my way downtown, driving slow. But I made it here, and I'm rocking and rolling with you guys for the next half an hour until we turn things over to the Godfather and Savern Hill. Continue all of the Steelers' reaction. You want to react, 412-919-1316. Those are the digits to dial if you want to join in on the conversation with me here. Reminder, I am producing the show myself as well, too, so be patient with me if you're calling in. I'll get you up on hold. I'll get your name and all that stuff during the break. Uh, if you want to be easier, more direct, you can just tweet me. You know, they, I've said this before when I've hosted the Locker Room Solo, but, hey, I'm hosting the Locker Room Solo, so why not repeat it now? They pay me to do this show. Not enough, if we're being honest. But they pay me to do this show, uh, but the interaction, the follows on Twitter, you know, that's just important for my... Self-confidence. My serotonin and dopamine firing off in my brain when Yin's guys show me that you love me. At Wesley Euler on Twitter. I'll take your questions, comments, concerns, and reactions there as well, too. Our buddy Cuban Dan tweets and says, you should just call it the Wes Euler Show today. I feel you've earned it. Good season, boys. Steelers versus the world. Hey, you know, Cuban Dan, you're probably right, but I'm a team player. So it's still in the locker room. And also, you know, to invoke the... Spirit of Marshawn Lynch. I'm just here, so I won't get fined. Our buddy James also tweets and says, thanks to Wesley Euler, I have Guns and Roses stuck in my head. Folks, that's the question now, right? Well, maybe we should wait a couple more days and react to everything that happened last night and, you know, uh, talk about Ben Roethlisberger's legacy and, and some of the good before we completely go into off-season mode, but we also know that's not really how we work as football fans. So, so yeah, it's Guns and Roses time. It's Axl Rose time. Where do we go? Where do we go now? Oh, wow, wow, where do we go? And it, it is. It's, it's the most intriguing, if I'm, if I'm not being a goofball here for a split second, it is the most intriguing offseason for the Pittsburgh Steelers since Bill Cowher retired in January of 2007. I don't think that's even an argument. 
You know, the Steelers organization is one that defines continuity, and it has for a long time. You know, if you just go Mike Tomlin, Kevin Colbert, and Ben Roethlisberger, those three together have 15 years. Colbert and, and Ben, obviously longer, but I'm talking about that trio since Mike Tomlin was hired in 2007. 15 years. You don't have huge, substantial changes in the Steelers organization very much, and you certainly haven't over the last two decades. And I don't think you have substantial change in an organization when the GM, head coach, and quarterback don't change. Those are the, that's, that's the holy trinity of your organization, right? Yes, you need good ownership, and the Roonies have defined that for decades as well, too. And you can look around the NFL, you can look around all of professional sports, and you can tell the organizations that are run well, and you can tell those that are just some rich billionaire who wanted to buy a team and play fantasy sports, right? So obviously, Mr. Rooney and the stability and the, the leadership there is important. But your GM, your head coach, your quarterback, that's the holy trinity of your football organization. You have to be strong in those three areas or else you're likely going to struggle. The Steelers have defined continuity in that area. They haven't had a change in that regard since 2007 when Bill Cowher retired and they hired Mike Tomlin. They're going to be replacing Ben Roethlisberger, and there's you know a really good chance that they're going to be replacing Kevin Colbert as well, too. It is the most intriguing offseason for the Pittsburgh Steelers since 2007. And you know we're going to be breaking that down starting really soon. Um, all winter, all spring, and into the summer uh, on Steelers Nation Radio and on ESPN Pittsburgh. I should also plug it, too, for those of you that aren't familiar with me. I think most of you probably are because you're big-time Steelers fans and you listen to SNR. Uh, but I do a show at noon called the Steelers Blitz with, uh, with former Steelers linebacker Arthur Motes as well, too. So, you can catch us there all offseason. Uh, you can also get the show. We upload it every day, commercial-free, on-demand, in podcast form. Just search Steelers Blitz wherever you get your podcast because we are going to be breaking down and dissecting it all. What is, like I said, in my opinion at least, by far the most intriguing offseason for the Pittsburgh Steelers um, since, since, uh, since 2007 when Bill Cowher retired. Mike tweets me here and says, Chiefs fan – but I'm listening to you this morning. Wanted to say good game last night. So long to Big Ben. Definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer. I've always respected the Steelers organization. Coach Cower, Mike Tomlin, and Ben Roethlisberger. Good luck to Steelers Nation. Hey, thanks for that, Mike. I really appreciate that. And, you know, I, I, I feel the same way. I got a lot of respect for the Chiefs organization. Patrick Mahomes is a joy to watch. Andy Reid is an easy guy to root for. All right, here's a quick one for you, Mike, because I'm sure you probably haven't heard me tell this, and a lot of the listeners here in this in the locker room time slot probably haven't heard me tell this. 2018 was the first combine that I ever covered. I went to Indianapolis with our buddies Dale Lawley and Matt Williamson. And, you know, the combine in Indy is a lot of fun. Indy, if you've never been, if you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, um, it's a city that is just built for events. Like, you can go there for a week, and you never have to drive. You can walk anywhere. Even in the wintertime, everything is connected by these sky walkways. You can go from hotels to restaurants to the mall to where the Pacers and the Colts play downtown and never step outside. It's a really cool city. Well, in 2018, my first combine, I was out there late night, and I, w I linked up with some of my old buddies from WVU. I went to WVU, and, you know, the college programs are always out there, too, because they're doing videos and creating content with their guys who are participating in the combine. So met up with some of my old WVU buddies. You know, we went out for, for some refreshments, for some hydration, and it gets to be 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, and we're like, hey— Let's, you know, let's, let's, let's head back to the hotel. But first, let's get a burger at the Steak and Shake. And we go into Steak and Shake. 
at about one in the morning and who's sitting there in the corner by himself housing a cheeseburger, none other than Mr. Andy Reid himself. I swear to God, I'm not making this story up. It was pretty cool. Just seeing Andy Reid there by himself, minding his own business, in the corner, eating a cheeseburger in downtown Indianapolis at 1 a.m. in the Combine, at the Combine. Uh, I, I've always admired Andy Reid. I like Patrick Mahomes. I got no quarrel with the Chiefs organization, so all the best to you guys as well too, Mike. I can't wait to watch Bills versus Chiefs next weekend. That's going to be a blast, and I think whoever wins that game can earmark themselves uh, to the Super Bowl. Brian tweets and says, I've never seen such 50-50 love-hate for a player retiring as I've seen for Big Ben. Some of the things you people are saying is disgusting. It's wild. Brian, you're right, but also, you know, we've had this conversation, too, on the Steelers Blitz with Moats and I. you got to tune those people out, man. Who, who cares what other people say? That's why you got us here on SNR, to give you the good stuff. Hey, don't listen to those national media talking heads. Don't listen to those jabronis from Cleveland or Baltimore or Cincinnati. All right? They... They, they'd cut their fingers off to have 18 years of a quarterback like we've had with Ben Roethlisberger. Joe Burrow seems great. He seems like he's going to be a problem for the AFC North for a long time, but he's still accomplished a fraction of what Big Ben has. We've been lucky. We've been spoiled. Enjoy that. Appreciate that for yourself and with Steeler Nation. And okay, who cares what all those jabronis got to say? Our buddy TC tweets me and says, why does it happen? seem like it happens several times a game where Ben is grabbing guys, pushing guys, telling them where they need to go and line up like they have no idea what's going on. Yeah, TC, it's, it's concerning for sure. There's been way too many um, communication breakdowns, miscommunications, lack of detail as it relates to the offense and the personnel there. How many times have we seen all season where the offensive line just wasn't on the same page? and someone from the defensive front just goes untouched, uncontested to sack Ben. It happened last night. Trey Turner completely whiffed on one of the plays. It was like he was going the wrong way, missed a step, and, and, and Ben was sacked before he could even complete his drop back. That happened like four or five times against the Vikings where it seemed like they just were uncontested getting to Ben Roethlisberger. It's happened with the wide receivers, with the tight ends, with everybody as well too. That's concerning because that, that was an issue all season um, and that's certainly something that they that they have to get addressed here in the offseason. <laughs> Troy tweets me and says, how does Heinz Ward sound as a GM? Guys, let's not do this. Let's not do this, Troy and everybody else. I've seen Heinz Ward as GM. I've seen Heinz Ward as, as head coach. I've seen bring Lewis Riddick out of the booth from ESPN because he's a Pittsburgh guy to be GM. Folks, 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 folks. You don't pluck former athletes who have been coaches to be your next GM. You don't pluck Lewis Riddick, who hasn't worked for an NFL front office in eight years, out of the TV booth to be your next GM. Because then you know what happens? You become the Oakland Raiders. I mean, Mike Mayock was the same thing as Lewis Riddick. And and what has his tenure been in Oakland slash Las Vegas? A disaster. Yeah, they made the playoffs this year by the skin of their chinny-chin-chin. Other than that, his drafts have been horrible. John Gruden thing was a disaster, and clearly, I mean, they, they, you know, I don't know how much of this to put on them, but they traded two draft picks for Antonio Brown, and he never played a snap for them. The Raiders have been a tire fire, and it's actually a testament to, to Derek Carr and some of the coaches on that staff that they made the playoffs this year, but I want a guy who's been molded, who's been working towards becoming a GM. Not a former athlete, not a guy who's been TV for the last decade, 
you got Omar Khan, you got Brandon Hunt, and I know a lot of people are going to say you got to go from outside of the organization. I'd rather go with those two easily, hands down, over some of these other people that we suggest. You don't want, and I don't, I don't like, I'm not sitting here trying to poo poo Heinz Ward and Lewis Riddick. Those guys know more about football. Those guys have forgotten more about football than I'll ever know. But I, I, I also know the history. I also know how these things work. Percent of the times that, that just doesn't work out. You need somebody who has been scouting and evaluating talent and dealing with salary caps and doing all the things that general managers have to balance and do. Heinz Ward hasn't been doing that. Lewis Riddick hasn't been doing that. I, 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 I have no interest in, in a GM like that. Give me an Omar Khan. Give me a Brandon Hunt. Give me somebody who's been working towards this, who's been getting schooled, getting tutored, getting groomed by an organization to be a general manager. Love Heinz Ward. Love to have him back in some capacity. But I, I want the next GM to be somebody who is cut from that same Kevin Colbert cloth. Scout, capologist, been working towards this, been getting molded for this, all that good stuff. 412-919-1316 on Twitter, at Wesley Ola. We got more tweets here. I appreciate the heck out of you guys for chiming in. We got some phone calls too. Steeler Jimmy, CR, stay on the line. I'll get to you guys on the other side when we return. I am Wesley Euler. I'm in today for Max and for Wolf in the locker room on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Final segment in the locker room on a Monday. Wesley Euler with you here riding so low. I've appreciated your tweets. I'm going to get to some more phone calls in just a minute. We have got so much to get to and so little time to do it. Raul tweets me and says, Lewis Riddick spent 13 years as a scout and a front office exec. I, I know that. Believe me. Like I said, Lewis Riddick has forgotten more about football than I'll ever know. Heinz Ward as well, too. I just, I, I never like to take somebody out of the booth for a front office for a GM role. In any sport, I just don't think it works, particularly when they've been out of the game for almost a decade. And I think I can say that, and I'm not being—I don't—I'm not being disrespectful to Lewis Riddick. It's just a personal opinion that I have. I look at what's happened with the Raiders and Mike Mayock, and I just—I I don't think that works. You need somebody who's been in the game and hasn't had a lengthy absence, because certainly, when they're on TV broadcasting these games, they're covering the league, they're following the draft and all that stuff. But it's not the same as being on the inside. It's—it's it's just not. Again, to me. I could be completely wrong. Hey, maybe Lewis Riddick will be the next GM, and I hope he does well if that's the case. I don't think that that's going to be the case, and I just wouldn't want that to be the case for me personally. But again, like I said, I mean, that dude has forgotten more about football than I'll ever know. Make no mistake about that. May tweets and says, thank you for being such a trooper and holding down the fort. Uh, life after Ben could be a challenge, especially if we don't find a suitable replacement. Do you think they'll draft or go the free agency route? Mike Tomlin has said a few times that he doesn't want to work with a rookie quarterback. I would be really surprised if the Steelers drafted least in the first round. Maybe if there's a guy in the second or third round that they think is, you know, worthy of, of a higher pedigree, that they think slips to them, that they want to take a flyer on. But I just, I feel like it's going to be Mason, Dwayne Haskins, and somebody in the free agency route. And now, what that means in the free agency route, your guess is as good as mine. Maybe it's a, you know, like a Jimmy G, Derek Carr type. Maybe it's like our buddy Chris Carter said, a, a Marcus Mariota, Nick Foles, Teddy Bridgewater type. 
I, I, if I said I had any idea, I'd be lying to you. But I do think the Steelers will add a quarterback. I would say it'll probably be through free agency, but I don't think it's going to be a. It's not going to be. I don't think Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, or maybe even like a, a Kirk Cousins, somebody like that. I just don't see them signing. I see them signing a quarterback. I see them obtaining a quarterback, but not one with a high pedigree draft selection, first round pick, and and not one that they're going to have to cough up a lot of money for in free agency. All right, we got about 11 minutes left here. Let's hit the phone lines. Starting us off here, it's our buddy Steeler Jimmy in Chicago. What's up, Jimmy? How you doing, buddy? What's up, Wesley? How are you, bud? I'm fantastic, man. What you got for me? Good. So, so listen, man, you know, watching this team the last couple of years, their offensive scheme, their, their creativity, the first thing I'm doing is getting rid of Canada. Now, I don't know if I need players or coordinators first or whatever, but I'm calling him into my office, and I'm saying – we got what the thirty-second ranked offense in the league. Yeah. Look, if you look at even all the, even if you look at the crappy teams in the league that didn't make the playoffs, watch their offense, watch their schemes, watch their creativity. Our our offense, watching this offense is like watching a Park District football team, <laughs> and I'm not kidding. No, ever since we lost Todd Haley, this offense. Stinks, dude. They don't scare anybody. There's no creativity. They can't sustain drives. They can't get six inches when they have to. Yeah. And it's not because and it's not because we don't have the talent, okay? A lot of teams don't have eleven superstars on offense, but they can move the ball. Listen, this guy gets paid a lot of money to come up with moving the ball and scoring points. Not being thirty second in the league. Mm. If I'm Mr. Rooney I'm calling this guy in the office, and I'm saying, see you later. I'm finding myself a brilliant, bright offensive coordinator that's going to move the ball, and I'm going to find players that I'm going to surround him with. But this guy, and I don't don't care limitations, and Ben can't throw the ball, and he can only work with what he's got. This guy sucks, (laughs) all right? Matt Canada's (laughs) offense, no, Matt Canada's offense sucks, dude. I got, I got, I can watch a high school team better than this pro football team. Yeah, you okay? know, Jimmy, I these know you know. They're all pro. I know you know as well as me. They're all pros. They're all, they're all professional football players. You should to get a first down. Okay, buddy, it's it's hard to argue with anything that you said. I know you, you know, you know the Steelers just as well as me. You've been a fan for longer than I have. You and I have had some great conversations over the years. Um, the Steelers don't like the fire coordinators. They don't. You know, if, if they want to move on from a coordinator, they let his contract and they say thank you and they see you later. We know Matt Canada still has another year on his deal, but but I, I got to think that there's a good chance that maybe the Steelers break that trend. And, and you're right. And all the things that we've kind of talked about and touched on today and what make this such an intriguing offseason, what they decide to do with Matt Canada, I think is very high on that list. Jimmy, I got to run, buddy. I'm up against it, but great stuff as always. I appreciate the call and enjoy the time, partner. See you later, Wes. There he is, Steeler Jimmy out in Chicago. Great stuff from him as always. Knowledgeable, passionate, and yeah, like I said, you know, I've touched on a lot of the different things that will be the the real defining issues and decisions that are made this summer. You know, next quarterback, next GM potentially. Where do you go in the draft? Where do you go in free agency? I what happens with Matt Canada is 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 high up on that list as well too. Let's go down to Charleston. Yeah, just another place where it's probably a lot better weather than we got here today. Our buddy Juan is on the phone line. Talk to me, Juan. What's up, dude? Juan, you got me, partner. 
Yeah, I mean, hey, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. What you got for me? Hey, I just want to say it was the best season. No one expected us to make it to the playoffs. So we'll give shout out to the guys for the season that we had. And also, um, last night with um, Deontay, I think the drops was coming back to this guy because he could have easily had a couple of good first down spots, but it probably made a difference in the game. What you got to say about that? Yeah, Juan, I'm, I'm sure you probably – I know you were listening earlier. We talked about that a little bit with Chris Carter, that you know that, that, that first down – or what would have been a first down drop by Deontay at the end of the second quarter there really felt like a big moment. You know, if you're able to extend that drive – it feels like at worst it's a 14 to 7 game at halftime maybe you get a field goal maybe you get a touchdown but at worst it's still a 7 point game instead he has that you know that that drop you give the chiefs the ball back and they end up scoring another touchdown and they get the ball back at halftime it was starting to feel insurmountable Deontay showed a lot of growth this year one but he also over the last month or so had some of those old issues creep back and you know for a guy for him that's kind of at that point now where you're really looking ahead to that next contract um, you, you didn't want to see some of those issues creep back into his game. Again, he he had a solid year, top 10 in the league in receiving yards, um, and he was asked to do a lot. But I, I think he's another one who has an interesting offseason. He's got a lot to prove next year in terms of being that guy. Yeah, I agree with you. And also, um, the first quarter, the defense, they, they played well. They, they, they um, did a good job. So after the first quarter, it just seemed like everything went downhill. Yeah. And also, to all, the, to all the fans, we just need to – um, have a have a great with these guys because we could be like the cry girls. We haven't <laughs> been to the NFC championship and NFC championship game in 26 seasons, so I know we used to winning, but hey, it is what it is. Coach didn't have a losing season. We got in the playoffs. No, nobody expect us to be here, right? Yep. So I think the future is looking bright. I like it, Juan. I dig the positivity, partner. Needed that on this snowy Monday in the Berg. Thanks for calling, as always, partner. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate having a good one. You too. There he is, Juan, down in Charleston, South Carolina. All right, one more here to get to. There goes the neighborhood. We got to go out to Chicago, Steeler Nation Chicago. It's our buddy CR is on the line. Talk to me, CR. What's up, partner? What's going on, brother? CR, Steeler Nation Chicago, hanging out with the wild, wild west. Hey, listen, CR, when I knew I was going to be solo today, I could count on one thing, and it's that that's that you were going to give me a call at some point. I appreciate you, partner. I got your theme music in the background, brother. Ah, hey, uh, a little Will Smith, Wild Wild West. Let's go. You got that right. Hey, I know time is short, man. So first of all, I want to give a shout out to Tommy uh, Lana, first time caller. Uh, hey, Steeler Jimmy. Hey, I know you in the area, man. Hey, look me up on Facebook and and give me a, a friend request. And definitely shout out to my boy Juan, the Carolina Connection. Hey, um, man, it's it's just so 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 hectic. Uh, I, I don't know where to begin at. Uh, I can't say that. Um, I agree with uh, with not jumping on on the bandwagon for a quarterback, mm-hmm. uh, a rookie, a big name uh, as a first choice. Uh, too many other issues: uh, offense, defense, the age of the players, yeah. especially the key players, uh, backup players we need. As for Big Ben, uh, all this he is all this generation knows, man. And and for and for them, it's going to be a long morning process. Oh. As for me, hell. I, I go back to the Jefferson Street Joe Gilliam. I've seen it all and leaving it up to the Rooney families who uh, took a $2,500 investment, turned it into a billion-dollar organization with six Lombardi trophies. So I'm going to let them do what they do yeah. best. Comment. For sure. CR, I, I completely agree with you. Listen, the 
the Steelers, I, I think a lot of what they do and how they operate was validated this year. I, I think you probably heard me talk about that last week. You know, a lot of people sometimes criticize the Steelers of, well, why are you trying to win every game? You know, you're not going to win the Super Bowl this year, so why don't you just lose and get better draft picks? But then you have the last two weeks like we had in Pittsburgh, right, where you, uh, things go your way and the bounces fall, fall your way, the chips fall your way, and you end up in the playoffs. That's why the Steelers operate the way that they do. That's why they haven't had a losing season in like, 18 stinking years. It's been a long time. Um, I, I, I think that that was validated, a lot of that, and I, I do. You know, again, it, it's going to be substantial change. It feels, you know, the three big power players of Colbert, Tomlin, and Roethlisberger, it feels like you're going to have to replace two of those three, and it'd be the first time since you had to replace Bill Cowher in 2007, but you know what? I'm, I'm confident as a fan. Yeah, while these, maybe they'll have a couple years here where, you know, they're not contending for the division and making the playoffs consistently. Heck, CR, maybe we'll even have one of those dreaded losing seasons. But I, I, by no means is this organization going to go into some dark age, a fall off a cliff, and suddenly be the Jaguars or the Jets or the Lions or one of those teams either. No, the, the organization is too well-versed. It's a family thing. They've been doing this thing for for 80-some uh, years. So, uh, you know, I, I trust them. I believe in them. And if we got to go through some lean times, hey, so be it. Uh, the first 40 years, the Steelers were the doormat of the NFL, and then uh, they brought in Coach Now, uh, Coach uh, Coach No, and Joe Green, and yep. everything changed around. But for the last 40 years, we've been doing, um, you know, doing what it takes to, to be on top. Also, want to give a shout out to your boy CC for watching your sick uh, <laughs> this morning. A uh, great job, man. Yeah, he had my so, back. Uh, I, I I love it, Cr. That's what makes this uh, this SNR family so special for sure. Everyone's got each other's sixes, baby. All right, brother. Hey, I know you got to run. Appreciate you. Hey, remember, you never ride solo, brother. We always got you back. My man. In the meantime and in between time. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. Who? Who? Oh, yeah, with the Wild Wild West theme music. Pleasure as always, CR. Appreciate you, buddy. Take care, and uh, and we'll talk soon. Oh. That's going to do it for me today, folks. Real quick, Troy tweets me and says, Ozzie Newsome won two Super Bowls, but I get your point. Yeah, there's exceptions to every rule, obviously, and and – and that's, you know, what makes all these conversations and debates so fun. But that's a good point. Very good point there by Troy as we get out of here. Also, our buddy Grayson. Yeah, Grayson Rogers, country music star down in Nashville and big Steeler fan. Show him some love as well, too. Tweets me and says, Mike Tomlin said in his press conference last night, in order to compete in the AFC, we got to go through the Chiefs. With him saying that, do we really think he thinks they can do that with Rudolph? Huh. Grayson, buddy, all that I can tell you is sooner rather than later, Questions are going to become answers, and that's what we love about the football calendar. That's going to do it for me today. I got to get out the way because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to take any time from the Godfather, Stan Savern here. He's up next, and uh, and I know he'll have some great stuff for you over the next two hours, breaking down everything that happened last night. Big thanks to my guy Chris Carter for joining me today, and for all of you who called in and tweeted. I appreciate the H E double hockey sticks out of you for helping me get through these two hours safely. All of you stay safe an area like Pittsburgh where it's dumping snow right now. And make sure you catch me on the Steelers Blitz uh, high noon with Arthur Motes. Not today, but, you know, for the rest of the week and the rest of the offseason and catch our podcast as well, too. Take care now. Bye-bye then. I'll talk to you next time. Stan Saverin up next. You've been in the locker room with Wesley Euler on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR.